This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out again. Pastor here at Radio Missions, Voice of Truth broadcast. Uh, here we have the Radio Bible and Bookstore. And the chapel here at Walker now, New Chapel. We have services every Sunday morning, 10 to 11, 11 to 12, Sunday night. Then the Old Trailblazer is on about 45 stations every morning, every day with different times. We're looking in our last study about the scripture that says, By his stripes we are healed. And we gave you much information about that, but I want us to continue there. In Solomon, Song of Solomon, we find these words in verses 2.14. Here is Jehovah speaking to the believer. Now, would you listen? O my dove, thou art in the cliffs of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs. That expression, in the cliffs of the rock, means the believer is hidden in the wounds of Christ. That's where we get the great old song, Rock of Ages cliff for me. Let me hide myself in thee. The old Puritan preachers whom we uh, read after and study after and preach after their same messages, they made much of the believer being hidden in the wounds of Christ, which means with his stripes we're healed. Isn't that a marvelous truth, my friend? Salvation is the greatest thing, not healing. Oh, my friend, divine healing is not the greatest thing in the world. Surely it's good to have good health and all of those things. But to be deceived into thinking that all of this hoorah that we have now with divine healing and speaking in tongues and all of those things, my friend, that's not salvation. No, that's just a, 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 the flesh, all of that. But listen, isn't this a marvelous truth of salvation in Christ, hidden in those wounds, lost in Christ, nothing but Christ? Isn't that, can you just let that soak in? It's the resurrection power of Christ that heals the wounds made by the Holy Spirit because he has revealed Christ to that heart as his Lord and his Savior. It is the resurrection power of Christ that heals the wounds that are made by Satan and gives us power over Satan. Isn't that grace? It's the resurrection power of Christ that heals the wounds made by the flesh and magnifies the Son of God, the pearl of great price, and shows us what we have in him that's so far greater than anything the flesh can give, my friend. Oh, we're living in a fleshly world, isn't it? Everywhere you turn, it's flesh, flesh, flesh. I get so tired of seeing these individuals uh, on the TV, in the newspaper, in the ad, ad magazines, wherever you see them. Uh, our, our poor women now have gone almost completely naked in their dressing and uh, it looks like that's the, the, the thing to do nowadays. And my friend, it just makes me sad. Oh, my dear mother, be careful with your children. I see these little preteens now, 11, 12 years old, dressing like they're 17 and 18. And oh, my friend, listen, listen. But let's get back. It's the resurrection power of Christ that heals the wounds made by our enemies. Otherwise, we could never be able to face the world. Grace, God's grace steps in, my friend, and heals those things. But listen, listen, it's the resurrection power of Christ that heals the wounds made by our friends. The Lord gives us grace, love for them, and, uh, and surely want to see them saved. That's what God's child does. I said in our service, I believe it was last night or yesterday in the services, that I believe every born-again believer, his his best desire, his most preeminent preeminent desire is that his loved ones and his friends might come to know the Lord. You know, when you see someone or hear someone, Lord saving, it's just like getting saved all over again. 
That's right, because you, you go back and you look back at what the Lord did for you. Would you, ever, would you. Do you ever do that, my friend? The Bible tells us to give thanks in all things. And, and do we do that? No, no, you don't do it, and I don't either. But my friend, it would be a, so good for us to take time. Take time out and thank the Lord. I tell my folks here uh, in the morning when you get up out of your good bed and uh, put your feet on the floor, don't matter whether it's cold, concrete, or carpet, when your feet hit the floor, just take a minute or two and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for having a good roof over my head. Thank you, Lord, for having a, a good wife, faithful wife. Thank you, Lord, for obedient children. Thank you, Lord, for uh, a, a good job where I can support my family. Thank you, Lord, for health, good health uh, that you've given me all the days of my Listen, folks, I tell folks, if you don't have anything to praise the Lord for, you write me and I'll write you out a list of what you need to praise the Lord for or what you should praise the Lord for when you get up in the morning. We, I do. I do. The Bible tells us to always be ready to give an account of the hope that we have within us. What is your hope, my friend? Can't you praise the Lord for Christ, that he died on that cross, that those stripes were applied to his back, that we might be hidden in the stripes, in the wounds of Christ? Oh, my friend, it is the resurrection power that gives us uh, uh, that healing wounds, those wounds made by our friend. But listen, it's the resurrection power of Christ that heals the wounds made by the world, gives us the victory over the world because Christ said, fear not, little flock, fear not, little flock, I have overcome the world. That means the satanic world system. Our Lord is in charge. He's over those things. Surely Satan buffets you. Surely Satan harasses God's child, but he's not the final authority, no. Then when you say, with his stripes we are healed, refers to bodily healing, you cheapen the word of God. You drag blood redemption down in the dust. You explain away the greatest truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and show your utter ignorance of God's Holy Spirit conviction and old-time Bible repentance, which brings a sinner to Christ for salvation. Satan doesn't care what he does, just so he can get you to slip over and hide Holy Spirit conviction and repentance. My friend, let's, make, let's not make merchandise of the souls of men. That's what I find so much of with the faith healing movement with the tongues movement. Folks are making making merchandise. Yes, the Bible teaches divine healing, but it's not in the atonement. But let's put divine healing in the place where it belongs. Now, we're going to take up another gracious portion of Scripture, which has been misapplied all the days of my life, as long as I can remember. In the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, there again, we read in the fourth verse, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now, let me read that again. Surely, certainly he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We're told that the word grief could be rendered diseases, and the word sorrows could be rendered pain. Then the scripture would read, Surely he has borne our diseases and carried our pain. Oh, my friend, but listen, let me ask you a question. When did our blessed Lord bear these diseases and carry these pain? Now, let's turn to Matthew eight sixteen and 17 and read. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Here the Holy Spirit declares that the prophecy in Isaiah 53, 4 has been fulfilled. 
So I ask you the question, when was this scripture fulfilled? Was it fulfilled while he was hanging on the cross and the brutal mob looked and mocked him and jeered? Some say it was, but the answer is no. This scripture was not fulfilled while Christ was on the cross. It was fulfilled while he was alive in the city of Capernaum on the shore of the Lake of Galilee. It was fulfilled while he was there in a house when he healed those individuals. It was fulfilled while he was alive and not when he had died. No, our Lord bore the diseases and carried the pains of the people while he was alive, not while he was on the cross. Therefore, he understands all about us. It was while he was alive that the prediction of Isaiah was fulfilled, not afterwards. It was before he came to the cross, not while he was on the cross, that this prophecy was fulfilled. He took himself, himself took our infirmities and carried our sickness to show you what that is meant. What in that scripture we just read to you, it means, now let's turn to show you what it means. Let's turn to Matthew 1, 21. And and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all of this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now let me ask you this question. When was this prophecy fulfilled, that she should bring forth a son? It was fulfilled at the time spoken, just like Matthew 8.16 was fulfilled at the time it was spoken. Why take one great prophecy out of its setting and make its fulfillment in the future when the scripture says it was fulfilled now? In like manner, I wish you'd study Matthew 2.16 and 18. When Herod put to death the children of Bethlehem, it was said that it might be fulfilled. Then study Matthew 2:14 and 15. When Joseph took Mary and the child Jesus and went to Egypt with them, it was said that the scripture might be fulfilled. You find, listen, you will find that all of these verses, all of these scriptures were fulfilled at the time they were spoken. Then go there and read Matthew 222, 4.13, 8.16, all of those related verses there in Matthew. Read that whole book of Matthew, if you will. Take time. You'll find that all of the prophecies referred to in these passages were fulfilled at the time spoken. Then why take Matthew 16 and 17, 8.16 out of place and make it refer to the future, which is a misinterpretation of Scripture and also a misapplication of Scripture. It's twisting a Scripture to prove a false doctrine. You may not know it, but you can take the Bible and twist it to mean anything you want to, my friend, because every false doctrine bases its foundation upon the Scriptures and tries to prove by the Scriptures that it's true. You can take a Webster's Dictionary and prove that black is white by looking up the word black, then looking up the word is, and looking up the word white, then putting them together and make them read black is white. Would you say, oh, you're a fool, and I would be, but you're misusing the dictionary, and that would be true. You're right. By the same process of reasoning, you use your Bible to prove to your satisfaction that divine healing is in the atonement, but you're not rightly dividing the word of truth, and you have no foundation to stand on. No false doctrine now prevailing is built outside of the Scripture. Now, my friend, we're coming to the close, and we're going to pick it up in our next study. We're going to go there and look at another verse of Scripture. And I, I pray the Lord blessings upon you folks. 
As I've told you oftentimes, we're not dealing in personalities here. We're dealing with a, a, a doctrine, dealing with God's Word as it is. And I'm, I'm hoping and praying that these verses mean something to you, these passages. I wish you'd go there and read all of those. But this is the old trailblazer. The Lord has been blessing me, blessing the old trailblazer here, blessing the work. The words going out. Radio stations are carrying the messages around the world. Printed pages and all, all it's all because of God's great grace, my friend. All because of because of the love of God that passes understanding. The old trailblazers are not very sharp, smart. I tell you, oftentimes that I take Pastor Shelton's booklets and glean from them and quote from them. Oftentimes, and get much of this information. And if you would write me, let me hear from you. And uh, remember, my mailing address is the Old Trailblazer, Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785, and my website, radiomissions.org. Goodbye, and God bless you.